Welcome once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanson, reporting live from Nashville, Tennessee. And over in Dallas, we have Keith Denny. How you doing, sir? Good. How's it going, man? Pretty good. And out in sunny Hollywood, we have Tim Malloy. How's it going? West Hollywood. How are you? <laughs> yeah, hey, rep, rep the set, right? Doing pretty good. And today, we are coming to y'all to talk about See You Yesterday, a Netflix film that came out not too long ago um that is about the trials and tribulations out in um brooklyn related to time travel which is not normally what you're expecting to see um really really interesting movie and we're really excited to come to y'all and talk about it today so um there's so much to to dive into and i just don't even know where to begin and actually before we start Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. If you have not seen this film, please, please check it out. It's about an hour and a half. And then after you look at it, come back and, you know, get the full uh, gist of what we thought on the things we're seeing, the art, and, you know, thematically how it's functioning and, you know, what it's bringing to the table that we don't necessarily see in other films as of yet, but hopefully we see more of. All right, now that you have that, um, you know, very brief chance to run away, we're going to jump right in. So, Michael J. Fox, did not see that coming. What was a fun <laughs> addition? <laughs> little cameo. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. He's reading Kindred, which, you know, I don't think a lot of you would know about. Um, you know, a novel by Octavia Butler about a woman in, 19, it's like the late 80s, I believe. Yeah. Uh, black woman who is dating a white man who goes back to meet her ancestors in antebellum uh, America and they think she's a slave and it you know stuff turns up and the thing is she has to consistently save her ancestors so that she can continue to be a viable person in, in the present yeah you can see a lot of parallels to this movie to that um, Octavia Butler book and then even just the fact that with um, See You Yesterday, we do have this more of a um, this this African-American um, sci-fi film, which we don't really get too much of that. And, um, and yeah, there's a lot of nods to Kendrick. Um, and I really appreciate that, that, little, that little tidbit. And then we got our Back to the Future nod with Michael J. Fox. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was pretty clean. Like, I almost halfway expected him to show up like, hey, kid. <laughs> like you can you can stop now. This this does not end well if you keep going. Yeah. It was a trip. Mm -hmm. But overall, so what did you guys think of the movie though? Like um, you know, like it, love it, like, you know, what kind of stuck out to you? I didn't love this movie. I hate to say. I like the idea of this movie. I like that Netflix is doing a really good job in representation. I mean, better than people have done in the past, for sure. If this movie had been made in the 80s, it would have been Two White Kids. And mm -hmm. I definitely liked, like, the idea of combining a kind of goofy sci-fi, like Back to the Future type idea, with a really serious subject, with the police shootings. But I just felt like the way it came together, it just felt totally weird to me. Like, Oh, speak more to that, because I, I I'm really curious about this, because I have some uh, some things to, to you know kind of tackle with this movie. Also, I'm I'm wondering what what stuck out to you. Well, just the like Ghostbusters style costumes, like all these sort of '80s. <laughs> that felt very like kids kids anime kids series. Um, yeah. 
like a sort of like Saturday morning show or something like that. That was very mm -hmm. like fun and light. And then the subject matter is not fun or light at all. And I think you can do a serious time travel movie. Um, but I just felt like if they'd made like some slight changes and treated it maybe more seriously at the beginning, it might have worked better for me. Okay. Just the combination was, was weird for me because I really, I, I'm one of the people who really liked the ending. I thought the ending was really good. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we'll, we'll definitely we'll come back to that because that, I think that's going to take up um, maybe not a bulk of our discussion, but but definitely I think there's a lot to go back and forth on there with it. Um, what about you, Keith? What do you think of it overall? Um, I, I pretty much liked the film um, because it, it felt like, but at the same time, it did feel like something that should have been made um, a while ago, like a long time ago. Um, so when you say a long time, but like like what do you mean by that exactly? I mean that yeah, it it does have a, a more of a, a old school feel. Like it kind of it kind of gave me like um, vibes of certain films I used to watch back when I was a kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. At least more so in the beginning to add to like ten point, like some films that you would have watched in the nineties. But the difference of it is is not so. Their sci-fi stories were like characters are african-american or any different type of ethnicity right and they're thrown into a film but their race really doesn't have any bearing on their characters or the storyline mm -hmm. you know um you know you just think of just different examples and stuff even when you think of like certain you know black characters that might be in star trek or star wars or whatever them being black doesn't mean doesn't change anything about the plot but then in the science fiction story like see you yesterday that's extremely integral to the plot, you know? Mm -hmm. But it didn't, it didn't have to be that way. They could have just made, like, a little, you know, a little fun kid, um, you know, sci-fi film. And and I think, you know, people would have probably liked that for what it is. But I guess, for me, I felt like it took a sci-fi science fiction story um, and a time travel story, but then flipped it and tried to make it even in its most ridiculous state, as serious and true to life as possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree and disagree with both y'all a little bit, because um, I do think, that, you know, tonally there are some things that are a little like inconsistent, but I do think, you know, it's in this case for what they're speaking to, I think it's totally fine that, you know, the the way it functions that these characters in, in, in the story itself, the way it functions are not race neutral. Uh, so, you know, I don't think, like, I almost, I didn't want to interrupt him while he was speaking, but I was wondering, like, let's say this movie was done, let's say somebody on Netflix existed a couple of decades ago, and this was a film about two young white teenagers discovering time travel. What would the movie be about? You could choose for it to be all kinds of stuff. In this case, um, and, and Tim, you lived in New York when uh, the Eric Garner situation happened. I did as well. Uh, there were other actual cases, too, of um, some stories that got a lot of headway locally but didn't really reach national prominence as far as um, uh, police being a little overzealous in the way that they uh, approached the situation. But and, and it led to deaths. So I, I guess saying a little overzealous is um, underwhelming in this case. But, you know, I think that it's a really interesting concept. 
people who have the ability to time travel, you know, forgetting all the the larger political um, facets of it, but the idea that you could go back and change a situation such that you would be able to um, make it where a death at the hands of, you know, an oppressive system did not occur. That's that's just a really crazy premise and something that really has a lot of potential. Um, I think there are ways that it falls short, but I think there are a lot of ways that it it the ways that it may fall short and what we may expect of a character. Um, you know, I think they're really about how a teenager reacts to things and, and that these characters aren't really mature enough to uh, or it really, I said these characters. Really, what we're talking about is CJ, um, the, the the girl genius in this case, who does not have a change of heart or does not have like that full character revolution we expect, where they have some character flaw and then they find a way to overcome that flaw. She truly gets to be the male scientific genius, where she gets to make mistakes, but like not apologize for them and learn nothing from them. In fact, no, no. And it's kind of irritating as shit. It's irritating, but but like we never get to see women geniuses happen like that in film, you know? I think that's a I mean, whether you agree with it or not, I think that's something we actually don't even see, which is kind of funny. But I do think not having that catharsis of seeing her triumph or completely fail for some people is frustrating at the end. Yeah. When I first heard about this, I was all in because it's such a good idea, and the concept is such a good idea. Like a shooting is exactly the type of situation where you think if only something had gone different 15 seconds earlier. But then with the ending and with the way that it plays out, you see that this wasn't just like a random tragedy. These these situations keep ending tragically because it's an institutionalized system. It's an institutionalized problem. Not, oops, this person made the wrong turn at the wrong time. Like it was always going to go that way, and I think that ending makes that point really beautifully and painfully. Yeah, almost almost like a concept of why you might have multiple timelines and so on and so forth. Like, there are things that can, you know, shift here and there, but certain things in this world, and, and however you accept the way, it, you know, time functions there, certain things always have to happen. So somebody's going to be lost one way or another. Yeah, I wish it just didn't start off like a like it was going to be a silly movie. I mean, in the one on the one hand, it's like positive, like like effective that it starts off silly and then suddenly goes very sad because it's just like let's break you out of your fantasy. But it didn't. I felt like it didn't do that consciously enough. Like there wasn't a break. I feel like it's doing it with intent, but I th- I think that. So I th- I think my my read on it is more like. These kids are pretty innocent, and they tried to... And at the, well, okay. They're innocent, so to speak, in that, like, the things they do, to some degree, don't have the full scope of consequence yet. Like, they cuss, right? And and they, they have people who around, who around them who have access to weapons, and they, they are this and they are that. And there's that whole thing where, you know, um, her brother... Calvin says, like, you know, you're, you're the best of us. You're going to go out to do these great things. And, like, I can't do those things. I, You know, she's like, you could go to college, too. And he's like, yeah, I could. But I just... He almost feels like he's undeserving of those things, you know? And the, those are conversations that really happen with people, you know, quite a bit. And I, I think, you know, it's kind of like that, that almost the... 
I'm not meaning to use this very specific Obama book title, but kind of like the audacity of hope. Um, th- this, you know, idea that all things are possible, but all things are possible for certain people, but not myself. You know, like somehow, not not just because I I'm, I'm not capable, but because I'm undeserving. That's how Calvin, CJ's brother, seemed to look upon things. Like I, I'm gonna be a, a you know somebody who's like washing dishes in the back of a restaurant forever. Like I don't even deserve more because like who am I? Like I'm I'm just dude who's been getting in trouble and this and that and so on and so forth, right? And you know it's like when he sacrifices himself. Yeah. Once they save him and he realizes what you know what could go on, he's like. You know, Sebastian, CJ's best friend, like he's the one who deserves to to be the one who can, you know, live on. Like I'm the one who didn't earn his way to whatever could be. You know, like I I don't know. Like it's to me, it, it's like a film about about hope, about what could be, but also the fact that there's no escaping like this part of tragedy within like this particular demo. You know. Yeah, and it's also to add to that point that like growing up in that in a particular type of community, being a uh, African American in a certain community, it's almost like it, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, your life be at stake. So like you could be the genius, you could be the good kid, you could be the thug, you could be the the guy with the bad grades, you could be whoever, and you could still get shot down in some type of words, fashion and form, you know. So um, it's like it's like living a living in a world where you're work, walk, walking on a tightrope, right? But I also mm-hmm. think that in those environments, no matter like how it could be, there's also like a certain, um, I guess, grace in it. I guess, meaning mm-hmm. like they have, even though they know the consequences or they've seen certain things that have happened in their neighborhood, they grew around this and that. You still can see the light in it. I guess, right? Because that's what you know, you know what I mean? So you're not always on edge, like, all the time. So sometimes you can be foolish. Sometimes, yeah. you, can, you know, fuck around, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then reality hits, and you realize that I'm not only a teenager, I'm a, I'm a black teenager, you know? Yeah, there's always, yeah, it seems like they really wanted to nail home, like, the the idea that, like, you know, it's omnipresent, like, just the the sort of callousness it, it you know that somehow the people who have power can can have in, in the influence they can have o- over you know the these lives of young people um yeah i also felt like uh, something worth pointing out that was really interesting and it, and i think for a lot of audiences and for me too watching cj just not had like not really understand the the consequences of, of what she was doing sebastian constantly would tell her like look if we do travel back we just don't need to like mess with stuff don't do nothing goofy and the one thing she did that actually even got stuff to the point where uh calvin would be in trouble is she sees her ex-boyfriend and she, and she throws that that icy at him if she doesn't do that nothing else that happens happens you know um her her just complete just you know she she just didn't have respect for for the science itself you know um and she read all the she she had been reading stuff from Stephen Hawking's you know 
and saw the film, but she, she didn't appreciate the, like what that could lead to. Hey y'all, by the way, excuse me if y'all. I don't know if y'all could hear the the thundering and stuff. It's just thundering over here. So no, I can't hear a thing. Okay, so y'all good. Okay, all right. What was you saying, Tim? Of the mistakes she can make, she doesn't really make that many mistakes. I mean, in every one of these movies, the protagonist does something they shouldn't have done, changes things. But in this case, you know, ordinarily you want to see the protagonist like grow and change and learn, and she doesn't really make that many mistakes. And I think that's kind of important because. It isn't her fault. Like, it is a systemic problem. I guess, I mean, my main issue with this movie is just, like, the way it's set up. I just feel it's kind of a rocky start for what it turns into. I want them to either call out, hey, we just made a really sharp turn, or make the turn in a way that pulls me along more effectively. I feel like she did make a sharp turn a little bit. Maybe if I saw it again, I would feel differently. So here's what I mean. So, like... By throwing the, it's not just that she threw the icing on him. It's the fact she threw the icing on him, knowing that the two of them from the past were about to walk in there. You know what I mean? Because like, if you go back and think about it, she she takes that icing. She she then like fills it up, throws it on the boyfriend. Once they they then run out, the the their the their selves who have traveled from the future run out. Then their present well past selves, I should say, walk in. And her past self, who had not thrown the icy, is like, and he's like, hey, but you know, you, you know, bitch, why, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, what are you talking about? She actually doesn't understand what he's talking about. So then we don't see this occur, but we would then know that her brother Calvin confronts him about whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they have a conversation about it. she's like, no, I actually didn't throw anything on him, blah, 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 blah. So, but all that that whole situation leads to them having the argument at the party, which then leads to them leaving earlier than they should have, which then leads to Calvin getting shot. So that's actually a pretty sharp turn. Like the thing, she's touching stuff and messing with things she should not mess with. I, I think I'm thinking more about the sharp turn of like the way the movie feels, like the feel of the movie. Like what is? Oh, you mean like from being more like like a little. Like a little more goofy to like to more serious and from Back to the Future to uh, what's a, like the Terminator. I mean, it's obviously more serious than the, <laughs> it's more serious than the Terminator because the Terminator is like you know, it's just sci-fi. Oh no, Terminator is apocalyptic. So I mean, I don't know how it... this is. This has like real stakes that makes it make it more painful than the Terminator. Like with the Terminator, millions of people die, but those people don't really feel as real as, like, seeing a kid get shot over nothing. You didn't feel bad seeing that, that playground disintegrate with the mushroom happen? <laughs> okay. yeah. right. But, like, this feels very... That's not a thing that is probably going to happen in my real life. And like, No, no, I, I, gonna, I guess. These types of shootings happen all the time. All right. The time, and they feel so preventable. It isn't like Skynet, where, like, it's a fantasy scenario. This is a very real thing that happens all the time. I mean, well, Skynet's happening now, just to be clear, but, you know. <laughs> it hasn't manifested all the way yet, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I do, I get what you guys are saying. Though. I, I, I really do. I think, but I, my, my thing is, like, that comes back to the way CJ's written. I, I feel like, um, for me... What what feels unbalanced about it, in my viewing, is that she's so 
she's so focused on like the science behind it and the ability to like impact it. Cause that's one thing about back to the future. Like everything's about like, Hey, how can we like go back and like fix the thing? Right. And that's kind of her focus is like, I'm going to go back and fix the thing. It's not, I mean, it, it is about the, like the whole seriousness of it, but for her, her genius can overcome what just happened. And that's supposed to be the hope in the film. But the problem, it, it like the the reason it feels unbalanced in that way is like that hope isn't real. Like the closest they get is having Eduardo, who by the way that dude killed. It. I loved Eduardo. That was my favorite character in the whole thing. He he was just so fun every time he was on screen. Uh, but having his golden motherboard that gave that additional juice that actually was able to splice the timelines together so that they wouldn't run into their past selves the same way, that gave us sort of hope that they could have enough energy to go back, make the time uh, jumps in such a way where they could actually accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. But then they ruined that because, again, she had so much hope and 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 um, and and just optimism in her own like ability to ascertain what would happen. And she just runs into the bodega and messes around and gets Sebastian's past self-killed, which then kills his future self. Which is how time travel typically works too, but like the thing is that when I, you know, when I spoke to the audacity of hope, it was more like as you guys speaking to like there's no way to escape what's happening. Like you're gonna lose one, or you're gonna lose the other, or potentially, and and that this is what the ending doesn't doesn't um, completely finish. Maybe she even loses herself. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting to me that in Back to the Future the white teenage protagonist gets this technology handed to him he goes back in the past messes something up and then ultimately fixes it in this one she has to create the technology herself the young black female protagonist goes back in the past makes a very minor mistake and then has to spend like the rest of her entire life fixing it like that seems like a that seems like an interesting and important point for that this movie to make i don't know if it's directly if it's intended that way, but when you put the two movies side by side, it is an interesting comparison. I, I kind of think it is. And the thing is, it's really a mistake she made off of her own pride. Like, one, I mean, it's a very tiny thing, but I do feel like allowing a, a woman to have that, those sort of fatal flaws just straight off her pride because she doesn't want somebody spreading the rumor that she's not a virgin, you know, I think is something that's like... A little freeing for for female uh, protagonists. It it just doesn't happen that much, you know what I mean? So like, for me, watching that was really interesting because she really, if she just holds back, I mean, like, because they're successful with their experiment, they could just end it right there. But she just had to do that one little thing, and that I mean, some he kept saying like. It could, you know, how like in a lot of different science fiction things, it could be like even if you travel to prehistoric times, if you step on the fly, you could fuck up everything. You could screw up genetic gene pools forever. Like you just, you don't know, so just don't touch anything. If you do go back, yeah, the butterfly effect, exactly. And so, you know, it it was for me really, um, it, it felt intentional to have something that was that small, but actually something that happens a lot and something that's very frustrating and something that does happen where, where young men lie about, you know, uh, a young woman's pr uh, promiscuousness to, like, make themselves seem larger than, than life in the on the block. Yeah. Um, 
that that's the kind of thing that would get to a, a point where something that tiny has these impacts that are just completely unintended and and you know that, that I mean but that's what happens when you know violent you know weapons of violence are so just readily used you know by people who are supposed to be the protectors and you know people who are you know just kind of out in the world using them I don't know, Keith, you've been silent for a while, man. What, what, what's on your mind right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this was related, but it kind of, when Tim was talking, was comparing it back to the future to see you yesterday, and what, um, you know, pretty much like what you just said, what Michael J. Fox character went through, oh, compared to what CJ did, which was, and, and essentially, it was a dumbass thing to do, but it was like a very small thing. It made me think about the certain, the people of color who have been locked up in prison for a, a small mistake that they made. Mm. And they thought about that, yeah. So, it's, it, it's, it's always, it go back to what I'm saying, like, it's kind of like that, that that small little mistake that you can make when, when you, um, you don't have, um, I guess, white privilege on your side can completely change your life forever, you know? Because I just think about the dumb shit we did in our teenage years that we just didn't get caught for. And then just think of the stuff that you do in your 20s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then just think if you got locked up for something that you did when you were 14 and you still still in there until you're about 30, 35 years old. Right? I, I can go buy 50 different kinds of weed two blocks away here in <laughs> <laughs> I'm into a store like at 7-Eleven and they're like oh how are you doing what are you looking for today and you think of how many people are in prison over that right now yeah yeah, yeah. So why aren't they at least in California why aren't they all released immediately I mean as uh, long as California if it's if it's going to be legal in the state <laughs> people shouldn't be in prison for selling it yeah I'm yeah it's man ways of the world right I, I you know that's a whole nother uh, can of worms. I, I don't even know how to make a, a fast interlude into that, so I, I'll just leave it be. But that's a great point. I really do think that, you know, the film's ambitions um, don't quite meet, you know, exactly where it ends up. I, I do think that there's some failings of this film to offer... I mean, I don't think, all right, for example, I don't know if you guys recall this or even heard about this, but when Get Out was being made and it was screened to audiences, Jordan Peele said that the original ending, actually, the one that became a bonus ending in DVDs, was that, I can't remember the, the characters' names now, but the main character, instead of having TSA, his friend, pull up, it was the police. Right. And his friend from TSA ended up visiting him in jail and you know, so on and so forth. And then, look, the Get Out would have been an amazing movie anyway. But, like, to not have, like, you know, he, he just felt like it was just it was just too dark. It was like you didn't really, like, allow the audience to, like, breathe as, as it's finished. And I think, you know, even just beyond the curiosity of how the character develops, I think people might have been curious about the science behind what was happening. There's a lot of questions I think you even could ask about 
what CJ was doing because how many jumps did she have left? Um, there would now be at least like three versions of her yeah. where she was jumping back. Like, how does that work? Um, you know, there's, there's so many different questions to ask, but I think more what the film wants us to consider is just its impact to the world itself, like like the, the, the system. Um, and I think that's important, but I, I think it could have had a a larger, you know, impact. Well, maybe, like, maybe not a larger impact, but it may have had a more of a critical um, success if it had chosen, however successfully it chose to do it, to, like, actually answer some of these other questions and build some more um, concrete answers about what this stuff means for CJ. I mean, every time you build a new universe like this, there's an opportunity to, you know, write rules in, in your current paradigm or, or in, in, you know, of your time in 2019, right? To talk about that. Here's how we see time travel now. Here's what we think its impacts are. And here's how, you know, the way we, we see it functioning means to like a larger world, you know, and, and to leave that open-ended is not necessarily, I think a bad thing, but there's a lost opportunity there, I would say. Yeah, I think I think time travel is a fantastic metaphor for talking about history and for talking about change and the way things that should be versus the way that things are. Like, I really like that element of this. There's a lot of things I really like about this. I feel like I'm docking at a lot of points over kind of aesthetic stuff, like the Ghostbusters thing. So, I mean, I do really like that the movie exists. I'm glad it's out there. I just, I feel like it could have gone from, like, watchable and interesting to amazing. Like, if they did mm-hmm. a couple of things very slightly different differently in terms of tone. I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. more like I wouldn't mind seeing like the sequel of this or or if this did become like the See You Yesterday universe or something so they could <laughs> I'd, I'd be there for that. It's just there were little things that threw me. And I also saw it on a plane and that never helps. <laughs> <laughs> that does not help. But, you know, like I said, Honestly, I, I I'm glad to see this out there in the world. I'm I'm you know in the representation they got all throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, for I mean like when, when you live in New York, like that's New York, like for real for real. Like it's it was really cool to see a lot of that um, just atmosphere. I thought it, it really represented um, the the folks out in the community very well, and and just to really allow. I mean, I keep kind of harping on this, but to allow a black woman, a uh, young black woman, to to be the genius in the film, the lead, the protagonist, the one who's kind of um, driving the action, I thought was really cool. You know, um, flawed character and all, I, I thought that that was something that, you know, it, it is going to potentially influence filmmakers in the future. And, and you know, um, I hope that we get to see more people taking chances on uh, people who they normally wouldn't get these sorts of roles. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, there are there are so many bad time travel movies. Definitely <laughs> among the better ones. So, so, so. Yeah, you, you're critical because you you see the the potential. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. So, so with that being said, before we go, what's you guys? Um, Favorite time travel movie? Ooh, uh, the man, I can't remember the name of it, which is a damn shame. But 
I don't, I don't even know if it's my favorite, favorite one, but the one that came to mind, it just, I remember when I saw it was like, what in the world am I looking at? It's the movie where Bruce Willis and, um, Supers. yes, damn, like I didn't even that's, get it out, but yes. Actually, that's actually my favorite too. So. That movie was so dope. Oh my God. What a good movie. That's, that's the one that I, I, I seen it so many times. I had to buy it on Blu-ray and everything. What about you, Tim? Uh, my friend Ross actually gave me the entire plot of Looper, including the ending, and then told me why Looper is bad. So we kind of ruined Looper for me. Uh-huh. Me. <laughs> like, Wait, did you just tell me the end? What? Um, but that's I, I need to see that. I guess I kind of wanted to plug yeah, You haven't movie. seen Looper yet? No. Oh, shit. You got to watch Looper, man. I'm going to recommend Relive, um, which is a movie that's coming out pretty soon. I got to see it earlier this year. Um, yeah. David Oyelowo and Storm Reed. She's the little girl from Wrinkle in Time. Um, she's actually not little anymore. She's like a teenager. But that does uh, some stuff with time travel, too, that's really interesting, and it plays it completely straight and completely noir. And that's just an interesting movie. Like, do they um, uh, end slavery? No, but they're trying to stop another shooting. Oh, okay. I only ask because they're having a Mortal Kombat. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Jack- Mark Eleven Jack say uh, he he goes back to the past in slavery in his ending. You always have to wonder about people who go back in time to like, you know, have another chance with somebody they dated in high school versus the people who go back and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I'm, I'd be pretty small minded. I'd probably go back and be like, I'm gonna negotiate my contract from fifty thousand to eighty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's a little, I don't know what I would go back and change. I, I don't know. Because I, I, I always believe that where you are, or you, you where you're supposed to be. Oh, I probably wouldn't go to college. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would. That's why I wouldn't have these freaking student loans. But, hey, um, hey uh, vote Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with that, but with that we, we enjoy you guys tuning in with us. Um, Make sure you come back, listen to us. And also, we're now on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at D-Low-Key-Pod. You say what? I said, please follow us on Instagram. Yeah, so it's at um, D-Low-Key-Pod. And um, if you guys got any suggestions on what else you want to hear us talk about, just um, slide in the DMs. Also, give us an iTunes review. Yeah, Keith is the one. I mean, we look at at, at the... Um, Messages, but keep the single one. So if you sliding in DMs, that's for me. don't don't slide slide in the DMs because there is a, a young lady working on the Instagram account with me. So see now you just got double the slides. <laughs> like they don't know if they gonna talk. They gonna get a guy or a woman. They don't know which one is gonna be. So um, also check out Tim's podcast. Um, she yeah. did now. And uh, me and Aaron also got a podcast that we ain't worked on in two years, but it's still pretty cool. So, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, in the multiverse. Good. Right. You guys, hey, got man, the archives fly though. So, so check it out. Yeah, yeah. You guys got any other plugs y'all want to put in? Just the next episode. Okay. Okay. So yeah, uh, we'll be talking. Um, please, what? Oh my God! Always be my maybe. I was like, what's the title of this? Really fun rom-com. So, yeah, definitely look forward to that coming up soon. Okay, cool. So we out of here then. All right. I'll talk y'all soon. Peace.